Welcome to Thursday. Our topic from God's toolbox, the Bible, is humility. Yes, today we will be talking about the posture of humility. Rick Warren has said, True humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. The story of the paralyzed man in Mark chapter 2 is possibly the best demonstration of humility in all of the Bible. Four men attempted to get this paralyzed man on his bed of affliction to Jesus. When the crowd wouldn't allow them to enter through the front door, they went on the roof, tore open a hole, and lowered him before Jesus. We don't know who these men were and what their connection to him was. Perhaps they were just four people who need, who knew the man needed help. They placed the man's needs over their own, thought creatively, stuck with it in the face of difficulty, and as a result, Jesus was impressed by their bold faith, healed the paralytic, and forgave him his sins. The man picked up his mat and this time made his way through the crowd and out the front door. Love and humility go together. Don't let pride, outward appearance, position, any of those things keep you away from loving your neighbor, loving others, seeing someone's need and being willing to meet it is standing in the posture of humility, in the space between hope and despair. Pursue humility, not for recognition, selfish ambition, or vain conceit, but because you value others above yourself and God most of all. So daily, stoop to wash the feet of others, How do you do that? Start small. Open a door. Let a car in in front of you through busy traffic. Smile and speak. Start a conversation. For years, I blamed my introverted nature on not talking to others. Finally, I realized that my problem was not shyness but not knowing how to jumpstart the conversation. How do I casually bump into someone that I'm waiting in line beside or sitting, sitting next to? How do I let them know that they are seen and valued? It can start with making a general statement. The weather is usually a safe place to start. Ask an open-ended question, then a follow-up question. But be aware of your tone. You're not a therapist or a reporter. Watch your body language and context. You're not a judge or a political advocate. You're just God's servant wanting to do God's will by loving others. So be prepared for answers that might surprise you, anger you, 
or possibly offend you. Remember your godly motives and be prepared to look and feel awkward. No matter what, hold your tongue and your fingers. Listen, observe, and be kind. People are skeptical, and rightly so. But when we look at others through the lens of love, we can often let down our guard and help them to do the same. The word says to love your neighbor as yourself. Alexandra Kakendall has written a book entitled Loving My Actual Neighbor, Seven Practices to Treasure the People Right in Front of You. She begins the book by talking about a time in her life when she went to church, gave to charities, worked to help people with various needs, and was generally a good person. But then something happened that changed her world, transformed her way of thinking. This is what she writes. I didn't even know her name. What kept me from stopping all those times I walked by? Her kids in the plastic kiddie pool in their front yard offered the most natural conversation starters. Why hadn't either one of us pushed through a little bit of awkward and introduced ourselves? Why didn't we ever move from two neighbors who didn't know each other to those who did? Though our kids were roughly the same ages, my neighbor appeared to be 10 to 15 years younger than I. She was a different race, wore different clothes, and based on what was blasted into her front yard, listened to different music. In terms of proximity, she lived as close as anyone, but in some ways, her life felt foreign to mine. She and her husband, or boyfriend, hosted parties into the early hours of the morning, their young friends keeping us up with their yelling, laughing, and music. In the mornings, it was easier to be angry, or at best, indifferent, than friendly. That indifference should have been a clue that my attitude needed some adjusting. It was a wake-up call of sorts. It took a crisis, the family crisis that drove my neighbor away from her house, and regret for me to examine my resistance to loving my actual neighbor. I don't want to wait for another crisis before I show the people right in front of me that they matter. Her book is a record of the things she did to change her behavior and tips to help others change theirs, to start to reach across the aisle, across the tracks, and just down the street to love our neighbor. It starts with humility and love. God bless you. Join us next week 
when we tackle another important topic from God's toolbox, the Bible.